Oy vey. Alright. We were off to a really good start. We were having some great banter, some back and forth chit chat. And then all of a sudden I looked down and I realized that my microphone isn't recording anything. It was just me talking to Ash and her microphone was recording, but mine wasn't. So we had to delete all that. Oh, sorry. Shit. <laughs> delete all that. Scrap everything. Start over. And guys, honestly, this has been just an amazing process already and i hope from here it gets better because honest to god i'm about to just like smash my laptop and call it quits for the night <laughs> so anyway hey Ash, hey um this is episode eight the ocho the ocho mm -hmm. do you remember that from dodgeball from espn the ocho where you watched the dodgeball tournament no i didn't really get into dodgeball like as a hobby, like as a sport, or like the movie? No, I was, to this day, I'm terrified of dodgeball. Like, it would give me, like, anxiety panic attacks. Well, everything gives me anxiety, <laughs> but this would give me, like, heightened anxiety and, like, panic attacks. Thinking, like, whenever it'd be, like, gym class, and I hated gym class anyways, but, like, oh, we're going to play dodgeball. Like, it almost, like, gives me, like, weird, like, PTSD like flashbacks thing. Yeah, I noticed like you're starting to like rock a little bit in your chair. You're pulling your hair out. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, I I didn't, had no idea this was so traumatic. I was actually planning on watching that movie with you tonight <laughs> after the podcast. So no, it's not now that you're triggered. I don't know if we're going to be able to. It's not the movie. The movie doesn't trigger me, but just like thinking about it, like oh yeah. Okay, well it's episode <clears throat> numero ocho of. This is marriage. Yes. I don't. This is marriage in Spanish. We need to figure that out. Hold on. Do you think I can ask Google? Yeah, maybe. I don't think she'll read it. Esta is casamento. This is marriage. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well played. <laughs> maybe ask it to translate or something. Hey, look. Siri suggested website is ours. Oh, first one. That's fantastic. I don't know why anybody would like organically type in those those search terms, but that's translate. great. Maybe I should just type translate. I'm struggling. Yeah, this is a. <laughs> this is this is a rough night. This is a oh. weird night for us, honestly. I am so full. I'm dehydrated because I drank a very poor amount of water today. A poor amount. <laughs> a small amount. No, I like my bird. Okay. My bird. I like my bird. <laughs> but now I'm so thirsty. And so I've been chugging water, but I'm so full of water, but I'm still so thirsty. And it's this horrible thing. I have a full cocktail in front of me and I have had one sip because I'm so thirsty, but my stomach is going. I'm like a gigantic water balloon right now. Like a great big cozy water bed. <laughs> I always wanted a water bed when I was little. No, you didn't. Nobody wants a waterbed. Even the people that have waterbeds don't want waterbeds. Why would I lie about that? I wanted a waterbed when I was little. They were fucking cool when yeah, in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, 90s? That's the only time I was alive and could remember wanting a <laughs> waterbed, so I guess yes. I that must have been. I remember, I've never, we never had one. I remember neighbors having waterbeds. But it Maybe always... the early 2000s? No, it was like the 90s because my friend, my friend's older brother had one and it was like, be like, hey, you want to go sit in the waterbed? And the two of us would just sit there and like... Until it springs a leak and floods the basement. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Ash is still 
looking up the Google Translate for how to say this is marriage in <laughs> Spanish. Evidently, it's a big deal. It's it's going to take us the rest of the night. So I'm going to do this show by myself, and hopefully in the next 45 minutes or so, we'll we'll have a translator. It'll actually probably be quicker to call somebody who knows <laughs> Spanish to come over to our house and translate, just translate it for you into I've the microphone. I've almost got it. SP Spanish. Esto es matronomino. <laughs> matronomino? <laughs> Matrimonio. I don't know how to speak Spanish. Okay. Matrimonio. Okay. <laughs> how do you make it talk? I don't know, baby. Can we... Can you say it? No. you. I think you did a great job. Esto es matrimonio. And that's... I think okay. that's all you can do. Okay. Anyways. Cool yeah. story. So, interesting little tangent there. But, yeah. Ash, how are you doing tonight? I'm bloated with water. It, My insides are drowning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess technically everybody's are, because I don't think anybody like has like dry <laughs> pockets, like dry space around their... Dry sockets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is... Uh, we're, we're recording now from our basement. We were at one point. We have made this like a little bit more formal studio. In that, instead of having a table and our uh, microphone set up upstairs, we've put it downstairs, and now it's like, ooh, look at us. We have a studio. And it's like a legit table. The microphone is not going to fall off the table and yeah. iceberg into me. Nope. There's nothing sliding off into Ash's face at this moment, so we are we are good. If we could just figure out this recording situation, because I fucked it up again tonight, but luckily I figured that out before we started recording, and yeah. so now, uh, yeah. We're on our way. It's Monday. It's Monday. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't. I don't know. Adoration. Is this another Spanish lesson? <laughs> Ash has got something on her phone that she wants to share with the class. Ash, go ahead. What, what do you have to say? So honey? in our <laughs> in our research. What research? We haven't even talked about what we're I know, talking that's about. That's why I was like, "Why are you? Why are you headed in our research?" Well, in was, our research. Go for ahead and introduce episode. the topic. We're talking about. Depression. <laughs> that seems like a an ironically upbeat <laughs> entry and upbeat theme song into the topic of depression. It's called irony, all right? Anyways, one of my articles is talking about how five signs that depression is eroding your relationship. And eroding. The, f- the first thing that came to mind was eroding. Eroding. And Porter looked at me like I was a Is that from a person. movie? Is that, yes, is that a thing? Just wait. Wait. Pause. Do we have license reaction. to play this? No one's going to listen. <laughs> Eroding beneath me. Eroding. 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 Bruce Almighty. Come on in. I'm Bruce Nolan for Eyewitness News. Back to you. oh i'm so glad you shared that that's perfect we'll have to see if we can maybe like in after effects get some better audio yeah have it actually like fed fed into the thing so as now that we've kind of barely touched on this and we did i did a shitty job again of introducing this or having get any type of, of feedback from our support group Dr- totally dropped the ball. This has been a busy, busy week. 
Yes. You know what? Do you, do you want to share what we, we've been up to? I mean, I don't want to take up too much time. I can't, you know, don't want to like stall on talking to? this topic that we're not prepared to talk about or have done no research about. So I'm not, I'm not stalling. What are we talking? What have we been up what to? Did you, we did like your surprise birthday party. Oh yeah. Since last time we, we recorded. No. No. We, we, last time we had Ashley over, we, we yeah. had already done your surprise party. We didn't talk about it much. So you no. had a surprise. We threw you a surprise bash. Yeah. And then we did Father's Day. Porter has somehow, we've spent four birthdays together. Four of my birthdays because year number four has not happened yet. Yeah. And he has managed to surprise me two out of the four. That's 50%, guys. Yeah. I'm setting the bar pretty high. So, fellas, if you're listening to this, do better. (laughs) (laughs) Everything... There's always something that just like triggers something. I'm like, that reminds me of this thing. And Speaking of depression, let's talk about birthday parties and the one that you had that nobody came to. <sighs> so I was 14. And I know that's like old. People are like, oh, what the fuck are you having a birthday party at 14 for? I feel like that's another episode. But yeah, that should be a conversation. Really? No, I'm just wondering like, just about like age. Really? Just about age. Like what age should you stop having parties for your kids. Like, I think that's a conversation that adult, like that married people have for their kids. But I'm, I'm not saying that we need to have that conversation right now. I'm just saying that's an interesting idea is when should kids stop having parties? So go ahead. I just had a party and I turned 29. Yeah. But I feel like you probably went a long time without having like a formal birthday party. It's because like, I haven't from... had friends. Oh, okay. Anyways, that's a whole nother podcast. Also, <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's issues. <laughs> So I had this party planned, and I invited all my friends. Don't put air quotes. Well, if they were your friends, I had, they would have shown up. I had a couple of friends back in the day. My best friend was out of town, so she had an excuse. I don't remember what the other ones were. Because they're shitty people. Yeah. And so we were getting the party all set up, and I'm decorating, and my mom's decorating, and we're just having this jolly old time. I think I was 14. Yeah, I was because that's when I was hanging out with these people. And then like 4 o'clock or whatever time frame hits. And it's like, all right, any minute now, people will be here any minute. And then like 4.10, 4.15, oh, everyone's just running late. And then it was like an hour gone by. And I like... You start popping balloons? No, I would like started bawling. Like I was... Did you it have like, like a crushed very, like, me. I can picture you like, and I know that like the vision I have of you at this age is not accurate because I picture you in this like cool, like cute little dress, like with your friends, like, but that's obviously way younger and you probably had like your hair chopped way short and you're wearing like a no. Fox racing shirt and was, like your hair was all black. And <laughs> My hair wasn't black until I, after I was 16, but okay. no, I was had, I was very much preppy at this point. Like, so you were wearing like a challenger school uniform? No, I was wearing like American Eagle mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. I never shopped at Hollister, but pretty much everything I wore was American Eagle. But and then I had like long blonde hair with like the chunky what are those called? Like highlights. Oh highlights. And it was always perfectly straight. I think I had like a puka shell necklace. Of course you did. Did you have antennas? What the fuck does that mean? When the hair like the cool like nineties like lower 2000s things where the girls would put their hair down like in the two oh. antenna like in front of their their face this was long past that that was like seventh grade okay i yep. have photos to prove that long past that was i was 14 <laughs> not 12 <laughs> come on asshole <laughs> well in case any of you people are listening who 
got that invite to Ashley's 14th birthday party and did not show up. Your assholes. And there's a special place in hell reserved for you for not coming to that birthday party. Like, God damn it. How dare you? Yeah. Like, it takes a lot of nerve to be invited to a kid's birthday party and not show up. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've got me all like, I'm in fight mode. I'm ready to like not do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that was a, that was an odd detour. But, yeah. So, we, we had your birthday party and people showed up and it was good a lot of people showed up yeah we had a good number it was it was a good time it made me all emotional people brought me gifts i had like so many gifts yeah a lot of a lot of really cool very very thoughtful gifts from a lot of people yeah a lot of people love you ash i know it's weird i don't really get it yeah (laughs) i don't get it i don't know why (laughs) i don't know how you have the money to pay all these people off i do the tricks on the side (laughs) I turn tricks, as it is. You are a trick. Trick, please. Trick pony. So, um, <laughs> tonight, we are talking about... I don't even remember why we decided to talk about this topic. Maybe because I've been super depressed lately, and we were talking about that. And yeah. we are like, oh, we should talk about this, because I think that it's one of those things that... And I could be wrong. I probably am wrong. In a couple, or in a relationship... I don't know that that's something that people are are necessarily like eager to volunteer, like go to your partner and be like, hey, so today I woke up and I'm super depressed and I want to let you know I'm super depressed. I think there's a lot of like hiding and a lot of concealment, which I guess is the same word. Yeah. Um, And you don't want, A, I don't think you want to acknowledge it to yourself and B, you certainly don't want your, your significant other, your SO, you don't want your SO to to know about it or to worry about you or, or anything else, right? Yeah. Well, and I think, especially in men, like, it's almost like something you don't talk about. Kind of like being emotional or crying. Like, oh, no, don't be a pussy. You're a guy. Guys don't have feelings. Like, man up. You're, yeah. you're sad. Buck up, get over it, drink a beer. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm sure it's obviously like not like that for all guys, but I feel like there very much is oh, like a, like guys don't want to admit when there's something wrong with them or just seem weak or. No, I agree with you. And I think for some reason, I don't know how culturally this started, but like it's one of those things that maybe it's almost like um, mental health issues are strictly for women yeah you know like for oh you're like you said like you're weak or whatever else if you you know if you're a real man you don't get depressed like you just deal with it you know yeah that depression is for for women um but i think that also internally it's not something that i'm like eager to acknowledge in myself like i know that for myself i'm very quick to just be like no i'm tired i'm tired i'm fine i'm just tired or yeah, I had a shitty day at work, but I'm I'm fine. Like I'm not depressed. And I think maybe part of like my hesitation with admitting to myself or to you, Ash, and now anybody who listens to this that I I am depressed or that I suffer with depression, is this kind of goes back to like what we talked about with your anxiety. Like I don't know that I fall under the category of like I am like clinically, clinically depressed. depressed. You know, I don't want to say like, oh, I, I have such bad anxiety 
do you or are you just like momentarily anxious like situationally anxious um and you don't actually suffer from like that uh that crippling anxiety like like ash talked about a couple weeks ago and so for myself with my my depression i don't know that it's depression like clinically diagnosed like needs to be treated with medication or if it's like a situational or momentary i'm gonna be kind of in this melancholy state for a couple of days and then I'll ultimately I'll shake it off. I'll be fine. There's no reason to worry about it. There's no reason to acknowledge it or talk about it because it'll just kind of come and go. It's a passing thing. It's a phase. It'll go away on its own. Like why address something that will ultimately, it's a non-issue, right? Yeah. Well, and it's funny because like we're in so like such different parts of our depre- de- dealing with our own depression because I've suffered from depression for... 15 years that I can remember that's been like an issue um and so I'm kind of like out in the open like this is who I am like I hi I'm Ashley I have depression and anxiety like what's wrong with you oh I thought you were pointing at me no I'm just um and then I feel like you are very much in the phase I don't know what stage it is like like you're in the denial stage like you no i don't have depression i'm fine i'm fine i don't have depression and here i am like oh yeah you have depression but then like going back to what you're saying like if thank you for not burping and blowing that into your microphone like i know our audience wouldn't have been able to hear it because you did a good job it was a fairly quiet burp but i'm glad you still like had the you know the decency the decency to to turn your head and blow it someplace else as opposed to I into be a lady sometimes sometimes i got me some manners um no but we kind of talked about this on saturday you're like no i don't i don't want to be one of those people that says oh i'm so depressed but then to my point i'm like even people who say that about anxiety like even people who aren't anxious aren't clinically no it's not clinically well so let me ask you this when you well, say that you you not, suffered i'm not done hold okay. on Fuck. go ahead anyways you don't have to be clinically depressed to or have clinical depression to be depressed like there's times when people who there you can be anxious without having anxiety like you can be having a moment of you can be having anxiety without being diagnosed with anxiety same with depression like you can have depression you can show signs and symptoms of depression or you can be depressed without it being an ongoing diagnosed thing and so like I get what you're saying and where you're being sensitive to but I feel like you're also saying that I don't want to admit these things because I don't want to be put in this category and offend people or whoa or whatever. But like, it's not, it's not black and white. Like there's gray area. There's just because I don't know. I can't think of like a good analogy. I think I know what you're talking about though. I mean, that, and that makes sense to me. And and I think that there's part of it is like you said, I, I don't want to be, um, insensitive to to people who like genuinely have you know um 
chronic depression and I, that runs in my family. I have a lot of family members, both immediate and external that, that suffer from depression and, and they have to take medication for it. And it's kind of one of these, like, we don't really talk about it, but it's there, you know, elephant in the room type things. But I also think that there's a part of me that is, is doing it to be protective of you and your feelings, because I think that in some cases my expressing, um, you know, that I, if I'm in a, if I'm depressed or if I'm melancholy, um, or kind of discontent or whatever else, that that's going to be something that you internalize and take as like a personal thing. Like, fuck, what am I not doing as his wife or as his partner that I didn't, I'm not fixing this. Like why, what am I doing? What are my shortcomings as a partner that is allowing my significant other to be depressed? And so I probably am reluctant to talk about it because I don't want that to be something that you internalize and take personally and that affects your self-esteem or that affects you. Um, because I know that that that's possible, right? That that can happen. Yeah. That you think, oh, if only I were this, he would not be sad. Or if only I had done this differently, you know, he would not be this way as opposed to being like, you know what? Maybe he's chemically imbalanced and it's just a mental state that he has and it has nothing to do with me and I can't control it any more than he can. And, you know, but that's, that's easier said than done. Yeah. No. And I, I get that because I do take everything personally and such, but no, in like this circumstance in this situation, like I feel like not the whole time, but there's been a lot of times over the last year where it's been me being like, no dude, you're depressed. Like. I can see it. I know the signs and the symptoms and like, oh, look, it's hard for you to get out of bed. You don't have the energy to do things. You have no interest in doing things yeah. that you loved. And like, it, it's like there's very much symptoms that you could sit down and put a generic depression, um, antidepressant ad mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Where it's like, do you feel this? Da, 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 right. And like, and it's you either like low testosterone or yeah. Well, and and, and I, I guess part of that like is those are like the exact same symptoms of somebody who's just overtired. And so, I I think I'm pretty quick to discount it and say, no, I'm not depressed. I'm I'm tired. But they two go hand in hand. Like you can be your your mood and your attitude are very much tied to your sleep. And so if you are overtired, then you are going to be more likely to become depressed because of the sleep so it's hard it's like a chicken and egg thing like yeah am i wanting to stay in bed and am i tired and sleepy because chemically i'm depressed or am i depressed because i'm just tired all the time and i'm not getting good enough sleep or i'm not sleeping enough which is then exacerbating this condition yeah you're also very quick to use over tired oh for everything as an excuse for oh, everything yeah. Yeah, any any time that I'm even slightly or anybody I know, you know, the baby or Ellie or anybody is especially oh, Ellie. the worst. I pull that I play that card all the oh time. Oh my god, like, that makes me She's being a little shit and I'm, like, ah, I'm sure she's just overtired. She's just tired. Like I don't care. She's 10. She, she doesn't have to be in control. She doesn't take naps anymore. The whole I'm tired bullshit doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um and so I think this is an interest a good segue Ash. You've got a list in front of you of like specific m symptoms for for male depression. Um, 
and maybe let's do a little test. I think this will be fun. Find <laughs> let's find out if I'm depressed. Why don't you go through those and and I'll tell you if uh, we'll we'll see if I'm depressed. Like we'll we'll kind of have it be like one of those Facebook quizzes, like a little survey, yeah, Buzzfeed quiz, a little Buzzfeed quiz. Just before we start, though, are you gonna finish that drink? Are you gonna start that drink? Yeah, it's mine, bro. Okay, so it's not my fault that you drink yours in two seconds flat. Pace dude, yourself. It's 25 minutes. We've been recording for 25 minutes. So it's like the popcorn before the movie. If you eat all your popcorn during the previews, I'm not gonna feel bad for you that you don't have any popcorn to eat during the movie. Can I go make another drink? Go for it. Okay. I'm going to pause it. I'll, no. I'll just talk. No, you don't need to just talk. All I'll right. just pause it. We'll come back. This might be a good time to insert a, an unofficial ad from our sponsor. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh. We can talk about that when we get back. Okay. Okay. Hang tight, guys. I'll be right back with you. Run and pee if you need to. Now, a word from our sponsors. Unofficially. Hey, guys. If you're looking for... The most okayest haircut in town, and you're only kind of concerned about how you look, look no further than Fuzzy Nate's Barbershop. Yeah. Fuzzy Nate, he cuts my hair all the time. Well, once a month. And even better, he trims his beard. Yeah, it gets all like puby. Like, I'm way overdue. Like my hair. His hair, and I mean. My beard. Honestly, I can. It doesn't matter. But his beard. Oh, yeah. I can't do it myself. I, I don't know why. I don't know how people do their own beards. But Nate, <laughs> what? So, somehow I triggered Siri. <laughs> <laughs> She's a spy. <laughs> this is a great ad. Um, but yeah, Nate does my beard for me. He trims me up. He keeps my hair cut. I've had compliments by a few people. Not everyone because, again, it's not the best ideal cut in the world. And I think it's fantastic. You know, Fuzzy Nate's, the most okayest barbershop in Salt Lake, is informally sponsoring This Is Marriage, the most mediocre podcast in Salt Lake. So we kind of go hand in hand. So yeah, thanks. If you would like to go get your hair cut, Fuzzy Nate is located on 2212 Southwest Temple. How can you can look that up so quick, but it takes you 45 minutes to find out the Spanish translation to This Is Marriage? Because <laughs> I'm slow. We'll post a. We'll, I'll put a link in the, the notes. If you click back, to the the site, um, you can also if you want more information, email me. We have a new Gmail account. Oh, we fancy now. This is Marriage Podcast at Gmail dot com. I know, no social media yet, but we've got a Gmail account. So hey, baby steps. Looking for more information. He does not accept walk ins. He is reservation only, because he's just that exclusive. He is. Yeah. He's pretty cool. He's, so anyway. He's uh, located right next to a motorcycle shop. Uh-huh. He's and located then, uh, right down the street from a Salt vodka Lake, distillery. No, Salt, yeah, Salt Lake Distillery, Salt City. Vodka? I don't know. Well, they do more than vodka. Anyway, liquor of some kind. So Liquor and motorcycles and beards. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Woo, man, shit. All right. So anyway, thank you, Fuzzy Nate, for not giving us any money for this podcast. Thanks for the free shirt. Yeah, gave Ash a free shirt. It was in a picture. Find it. Yep. Okay. Anyways. So we're back. We're back. All right. I'm so gonna... Ash is going to go through this quiz. Um, we're gonna... It's not a quiz. We're going to self-diagnose here. Unofficial quiz. Uh, yeah, unofficial quiz. And then we're going to go through um, the internet, and we're going to prescribe me some pills. So... <laughs> All right. So... Um, this article is talking men specifically and depression. 
Now, I think you should give us a source because that's important. I was working on it, dude. Oh. Just let me talk Sorry. for one second. God. Fuck. This article was posted by the National Institute of Mental Health. So it's legit. Nim. 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 This says that men and women can have different symptoms of depression, which mm. I did not know. I thought it was a one size fits all. Yeah. Um, it says men who are depressed may appear to be angry or aggressive instead of sad. And in that case, their friends and family and even doctors may not always be able to recognize that these are symptoms of depression. He's just angry all the time. Yeah. And it also says, which I brought this up earlier, men are less likely than women to recognize, talk about, and seek treatment for depression, which men are less likely to seek treatment for anything. <laughs> it's Subtle their, jab. Their arm could be like falling off. It's, Whoa, it's, dude, you should go to the emergency room. Tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful accent. You did that really well. <laughs> Thanks. And this also says... Some men with depression hide their emotions and may seem to be angry, irritable, or aggressive. Men hiding their emotions? Right. What? While many women seem sad or express sadness. Men with depression may feel very tired and lose interest in work, family, or hobbies. They... I think on the next page there's more of like an actual checklist. I know. I just wanted to hit these points oh, first, okay. bro. Cat's all up on your microphone. I know. He's going to drop a sick beat. <laughs> they may be more likely to have diffi difficulty sleeping than women who have depression. Um, and sometimes they appear in physical issues. For example, racing heart, tightening chest, ongoing headaches, digestive issues, which we all know Porter has those. Wow. You talked about shitting your pants on the last <laughs> two ep the episode two, ep two episodes ago. God. So... <laughs> <laughs> all right uh some common depression symptoms include and this doesn't say men specifically just generalizes it anger irritability or aggressiveness i would say no i'm just gonna do a so just tell me thumbs up thumbs down okay no like we're gonna count okay so i'm, I'm gonna say no okay. i don't i don't feel like i i exhibit those things i don't either all right feeling anxious restless or on the edge yes well then put a finger up <laughs> We're doing a count list. A count list. <laughs> we're doing a count. Guys, we're doing a count list. Count list with us while we do this count list. All right. Loss of interest in work, family, or once pleasurable activities. <laughs> pleasurable. <laughs> pleasurable. 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 That's two Bruce Almighty's in one podcast. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> Guys, this is a pretty monumental. I hope you like remember where you were when you listened to this podcast and think, you know, in 10 years from now, oh my God, I was there driving to work and they did two old Bruce Almighty quotes in one podcast. I remember it. I was there. Okay. Did you put a thumbs up for that one? Well, or I don't only have up? so many thumbs. So oh yes, my I put God, a, you know what I mean? I put a thumb. Captain I put Literal. A, <laughs> it's Captain Obvious, but yes, I put a finger up. All right. Problems with sexual desire and performance. You don't have to say just put a finger up or down. Feeling sad, empty, flat, or hopeless. Yeah. Not being able to concentrate or remember details. Just put up all your fingers for that one. <laughs> I, I feel like that's pretty, like the norm for me anyway. I don't. Feeling very tired, not being able to sleep or sleeping too much. 
yeah. overeating or not wanting to eat at all. I don't. Mm, I don't feel like I have had I've seen major changes in my appetite. I mean, the last couple days, I haven't had much of an appetite. I haven't been very hungry, but overeating maybe. But I don't know if that goes hand in hand with depression. You think I overeat? Yeah. Did I overeat tonight? No. Okay. I'm not saying every single time. Okay. But you also have like a big appetite, so I don't know if that's like goes hand in hand with the depression or. Yeah, just just how you eat. Yeah. I I didn't say shit, dude. Thoughts of suicide or suicide attempts? No. That's good. I would hope that we wouldn't find out on the podcast. <laughs> hey, Ash. So. <laughs> Finger goes up. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm just going to slip that one in. Uh, but Not if you yet. do have thoughts of suicide, you should call the suicide hotline because there's someone to help you. It's a song. There, It is, but I don't know the number. Sorry. Um, Physical aches or pains, headaches, cramps, or digestive problems. I'm almost 37 years old. Like Those things are just a part of everyday life. If anything, life. digestive problems should be a finger. I don't feel like that's a like a recent thing though. Like I think that's an always been there, but I'll put a finger up for you. That's <laughs> 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 why I just don't turn into a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> 10, yeah. <laughs> All right. Inability to meet the responsibilities of work, caring for family or other important activities. I would say kind of work because I I don't focus like i can't focus on work i'm I'm disinterested i'm too super apathetic so maybe that i would feel like that's more of just a loss of interest not necessarily an inability yeah. it's not like you're trying and yeah. failing to F- meet trying these. And failing. yeah okay um engaging in high-risk activities <laughs> no I, I don't engage in any activities <laughs> a need for alcohol or drugs i feel like i am drinking more yeah Withdrawing from family and friends or becoming isolated. Absolutely. Um, oh, I should put a finger up. How many is that? Um, I'm at eight. One, two, three. Actually, four, I probably should be at nine five, because six, I don't think I did seven, the alcohol. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So nine out of fourteen. Yeah, I don't know percentage wise. I don't either. Someone do statistics and tell us. I wish it was like a radio show. Well, seven out of fourteen would be fifty. Right. So nine is so higher than like sixty five percent. Sure. Okay. Yay, fifth grade math. I was never. I've been never been been good at percents. No, me neither. Those no, they seemed fake to me. Yeah. All right. Um, this talks about different types of depression. I didn't want to like get into it too much. No, I don't. Cool. Think... There's a fly in the room, Rosie. Why don't you go fucking great. catch that for us? You guys remember the scene from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with the dog chasing the squirrel through the house? <laughs> That's how our basement is right now, with Rosie chasing the cat who was chasing the fly. I don't know why. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> I don't know die. why I swallowed a fly. Oh, speaking of flies, I was pumping the other day, and I went to pour my milk into our little, not our little pump bags, my little like pump bags for the freezer, and in the little bottle that I unscrewed from the pump... There's like a tiny little gnat, like a fruit fly in there. And I'm you just like, poured it in anyway. No, I got it out. <laughs> poured a little out for my homies. <laughs> <laughs> that milk pumping room probably just stinks like all hell. <laughs> Ew, it does. <laughs> Everyone just pours a little bit of milk out onto the carpet for their homies. No, there was so much milk spillage all the time, and I'm like the room mother because I'm always like cleaning up after all. I get like the Lysol wipes and I like wipe down everything. Anyways, I had a moment of like, did I swallow a fly? <laughs> I hope I don't die. 
I don't know why. And then you came home and you're all, Fenway, get in here. <laughs> get in my belly. <laughs> you gotta go after this fly. Wait, shouldn't you, don't you start with a spider? Ew, no. That wriggled and jiggled and wiggled inside her. <laughs> mm, it's a sexy spider. <laughs> it was Charlotte. Charlotte's web. <laughs> so. Anyways. Uh, anyways, there's different types of depression, which I didn't realize there was so many. Well, I guess reading through some of them. Major depression. Um, symptoms that interfere with a man's ability to work, sleep, study, eat, enjoy most aspects of life. Um, psychotic depression. Depression associated with delusions, hallucinations, seasonal affective disorder. Rosie, I God. swear to God. We put her in her bed. Rosie, bed. Um, which, yeah, I know some people have that. Like in the wintertime, people would be depressed because the sun's not out very much. Um, persistent depressive disorder. Also called some word I don't know how to pronounce. Depressive symptoms that last long time. <laughs> that last long last time. Long time. Two years or longer, but are less severe than major depression. Minor depression. Symptoms are less severe and may not last as long. And bipolar disorder. Which you don't think of that as being like a form of depression. No, I wouldn't think so either. Kind of, I thought of it as own, its own thing. Yeah. So, I want to talk, and we're, we're kind of getting close to the end here, but I think that it, part of the reason that we wanted to talk about this is because as a married couple, what affects me affects Ash. And, you know, I think that it, it can be extremely dangerous to have this kind of underlying, these underlying feelings or this underlying issue and not communicate that to your partner. And I think that it can be very um, detrimental to a relationship. I know in my previous marriage. Do you want to go through the yeah, list? Yeah, I think you leave it. I'll okay. hold up on mine. I think in in my previous marriage, I think that was something that I I struggled with and never really came to terms with. I went on, I got an antidepressants because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. But I was never like actually diagnosed with depression. It was more like me going to my doctor and being like, "I think I'm depressed." My ex-wife, you know, my then wife was telling me, "You're depressed. You need to go get on medication." And so I got on medication, not necessarily like exploring like other options or what actually was going to be an actual fit. Um, Cause to, or antidepressants are not number one, they're not a cure all. And number two, they're not for everyone. Right. And so I think that that's, that's something that, you know, in retrospect, it was more treating, treating the symptoms as opposed to like actually looking at the underlying things. Which and so. I know that medication will never that's all medication does. It treats the symptoms. It doesn't treat like the cause. Right. To treat the cause. And I think with anxiety <clears throat> and depression, you need to, it needs to be, if you are going to be on medication, it needs to be combined with therapy, which I have never done. You've just done the medication kind of by itself. Yeah. And it's never done shit for me. Interesting. I mean, the only thing I've noticed a difference with as far as medication is like, um, 
Xanax. Because before I got pregnant, I was on an antidepressant as like an everyday, but it was prescribed prescribed for my anxiety. But then I told my doctor, told it, dear God. I told in my doctor. Oh my God, this cat. <laughs> if I fits, I sits. <laughs> uh, I told my doctor, you know, I this, this is cool for every day, but when there's situations, it's fine. Like, specifically, when Ellie comes over, I'm like, I need something that's... I have heightened anxiety. I need something more right now. And so he's like, okay, take this Wilbutrin every day. Yeah. But take this Xanax for times when you're having, like, an episode, I'll say. But... So I noticed that. That was the equivalent of, like, taking a shot. Like, it just helped kind of, like, cool my nerves and, like, calm me down. But as far as the everyday, like medication like no i never noticed a difference no and and you you pulled off when you got pregnant or even before you got pregnant yeah and i don't know if did you did you go cold turkey yeah yeah and and i don't think i could tell you oh i actually you're not in your meds today like you need to like i I don't think i noticed a difference between with and without the medication yeah so anyways and it got to a point after i had wild that my doctor put me on it again and it was kind of like I don't notice a difference with this and most days I forget to take it and so I'm just like I'm just not gonna get my prescription refilled so it'll just be a normal day so yeah bottom line it's not right for everyone and it's never like a cure-all like (laughs) antidepressants don't just like fix you like there's a reason you're depressed like in most cases i guess i don't know about everyone but like for me personally like i had a lot of shit happen where that like triggered it plus it's like runs in my family like this little pill just isn't gonna fix that like i need to get deep down and talk about my feelings and figure out what is like triggering me or I guess, and so I mean, I yeah. I hear I hear that it's that's kind of like the thing for most people with like depression or anxiety. Like the two treatments work best together. Yeah, I agree, and I think that that was was I think that at the time my therapy was more beneficial than my um than the medication because I remember bouncing back and forth because like one just kind of like completely eliminates sex drive or like, I felt like I was gaining a ton of weight with it. Yeah. And so I just stopped because I'm like unhappy with myself. Like I was putting on all this weight and I'm like, Nope, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. So I just stopped with that one. And then I started something else. And then it was one of those things where I was taking it. And then once I got like actually divorced, I was just like, you know, my insurance changed and things got more expensive or whatever else. I'm all, nope, I'm done with this. You got divorced and all your depression went away. <laughs> yeah. It, no, literally, like, it did. <laughs> um, and so I just stopped. And I know people are like, you shouldn't stop cold turkey. And I'm not a doctor, and that was probably the wrong thing to do. But I just couldn't afford it anymore. I think it depends on, like, and how high your dose is and what yeah. type of drug you're taking. It was pretty low. I remember yeah. it was 
It's not high thing. In fact, I still probably have some in a drawer somewhere. But yeah. that's um, how mine was. Like, I think it was so low. Every time I'd like go to the doctor, how do you feel like this dose is working? I'm like, um, I am I supposed to feel the exact is this same? A placebo? Yeah, <laughs> is this a sugar pill? <laughs> but I'm like, uh, I don't know. You're the doctor. You tell me. Like, yeah. Am I supposed to feel different because I don't? So. <laughs> well, that's the thing that's interesting is, like, as far as like a clinical depression goes, like. I don't think I was, like I said before, I don't think I was actually like diagnosed and had a doctor be like, okay, hey, fill out this survey or this questionnaire or like go to BuzzFeed and, and take this <laughs> test. Not only am I depressed, but I'm also... On a scale of one to 10, <laughs> which happy face are you? <laughs> are you depressed? And if so, which Game of Thrones character are you? Um, oh, shit, I lost the page. Here I have it. So here are the five, let's see, this is... This page tells us, and this is just called Everyday Health. I don't know who these people are. Um, probably know this could be bullshit, but it's interesting, and we're, we're going to go through it real quick. So this one says, if you experience five or more symptoms for at least two weeks, you could have clinical depression, also known as major depression. It's a serious condition. You should have it evaluated by a doctor or mental health professional immediately for the sake of your own well-being and your relationship. And guys, I'm just going to say bypass going to the doctor or the mental health professional and just listen to our podcast because we are neither of those things, but we will give you unsolicited advice. Flawed. Yeah. <laughs> Ignorant <laughs> advice. So one of them, um, your sex drive tanks. Um, when your mood plummets, it usually takes libido with it says Paz. Paz. Oh, Paz. the shit that is someone. Maybe if we read the whole article <laughs> instead of just skimming. Since sex is often the glue that bonds couples and your guy doesn't get why you haven't been intimate lately, he may See, think it's... you're not attracted to him or don't love him anymore. See, look how it makes the woman as the yeah. one with depression. Yeah. And whoever wrote this is bullshit. It's like, writing for women. Sex is the glue that bonds couples together. I'd say you're in a really shitty marriage if <laughs> sex is what's bonding it's you the together. Only thing that you guys have. Yeah. <laughs> Can we have sex tonight? No. Well, I guess we should get divorced because <laughs> the glue that bonds us together is now broken. <laughs> what if it's like a gorilla glue? Like a super glue? Like a hot gun? Like a hot glue gun? Um, but I think, I mean, obviously, like, we'd be, it would be disingenuous or, like, inaccurate to say that sex isn't an issue in a relationship, right? Oh, like, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm not. But I, I don't think that it should be like the only thing. That should just be like a like a bonus. Like gravy. Gravy. I love gravy. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, that <laughs> kid comes out. Um, gravy. This says if your doctor recommends antidepressants, ask if you can take medication that will alleviate symptoms without dulling your sex drive even more. Because I, I imagine that could be really damaging in a couple. Like if you're already not having sex. And you go and get on a, a pill that like completely squashes your sex drive completely, then it's just gonna be like, ah, oh, I'm working on my depression, but I still don't want to have sex with you. So, in the meantime, I'm taking care of these things while you're going unfulfilled and may not necessarily understand the consequences of these pills. Well, and we were talking about this before, and it's not just me who takes things personally. Like, I feel like that's a a pretty normal thing to take personally is like, sorry, I don't want to have sex with you. Yeah. Like whatever the reason might be, 
you're not gonna not take that personally. Like, yeah, you can try and understand, but deep down, you're like, well, why not? Why don't you want to have sex with me? So yeah, I totally agree that that is, you know, damaging to a relationship. Eroding. Eroding. No, for sure. I remember this. That this is a weird thing to remember. I don't know why the fuck I'm remembering this movie, but it's this like Russell Crowe movie where he plays this like brilliant mathematician who's also like schizophrenic and hallucinates and he's married to Jennifer Connolly. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Connolly. Okay. And at one point she's like all trying to get frisky, you know, they're laying in bed and like she like slides her hands down into his like pajamas and he just kind of like rolls over and like completely shuts her down and completely ignores her. And she kind of pulls back, obviously hurt and and neglect, you know, not neglected, but uh, I don't know, shut down. Yeah, I already said that, but we get it. And anyway, she asks him. She's like, "Is it the pills?" And he says, "Yeah." And that doesn't like she accepts that as the answer, knows that that's like it's not his fault, but that doesn't soften the blow. Like that doesn't. Yeah, it still hurts. Still hurts. Yeah, she still rolls over crying. Because she's been rejected um, by this person that's supposed to be her, you know, her person. So, um, moving on. You squabble more. I don't feel like this was written by an American. Squabble. Would you like to squabble some more with me, Governor? No, no squabbling. Don't squabble. No squabble for me, thanks. (laughs) We're awful human beings. (laughs) Um, Which I think is normal i don't know that that necessarily indicates depression um but i can see how it would affect relationship number well, three if you're, i get it if you're already like more irritable and disinterested is that right disinterested yeah, sure i mean i can see how that would come up more if yeah. you're already like in a bad place you're more likely to fight or pick fights about stupid shit yeah. or Whatever. So, yeah. I get it. No, I agree. All right, Trace. You're isolating yourself, which I feel like that's a huge thing. I know with myself, and I've told this to you before, like at work. Like, I go to work, and I pretty much put my headphones on, and I say almost nothing to the pe- my coworkers for eight hours, and then I, I leave. Like, I used to kind of – I've never been terribly social at work because I'm an asshole and I'm antisocial. Um but I feel like it's gotten a lot worse in the last month or two. And I don't, I don't interact with my coworkers at all. And it's not because like in your case, like you sit kind of far away from everybody. You're mm-hmm. in isolation by seating chart. Whereas I sit in close proximity to everybody. And I, I don't tell people hi when I come in. I don't tell people bye when I leave. I don't make any effort to sit with people at lunch um i i have my headphones on 99 i know ash we're disgusting human beings like we live in filth ash is running her finger over one of our dusty pieces of furniture that is just everything in this basement is just god awful in our defense we just had a shitload of construction done in the room next door so and in our defense we're just shitty housekeepers and ouch don't clean all right moving on moving on up oh you don't want to go out and that's hard because Ash and I never want to go out. We try and avoid people at all costs. So that's really a moot point. Like we don't, yeah. that doesn't help it, you know, indicate 
that there's anything wrong because we don't like to go out ever but, for like, any reason ever. All these things, even though like they're things that we don't do anyways, like being depressed doesn't make it easier. It's not like just because we don't go out m- much, being depressed is not going to like make us go out anymore. It's not going to, I don't know if no, that makes sense. No, you're making a good point, yeah. It, it like you said, like it exacerbates the problem, right? Yeah. Like it just exaggerates what was already there. Yeah. Any chance of that being an option before is now yeah. non existent. Like where before there might be some things that you'd be like, Oh, it's the arts fest, let's go to the arts fest. Like yeah. then it's just like, No, I don't wanna go. Like Yeah. Or I mean, it's not even a conversation. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, that's going on, cool. Yeah, neat. Yeah. Um, and this last one I think this is the the biggest one for me and I think the hardest one for Ash to deal with is you're letting yourself go um i think and that obviously (laughs) this one's interesting it says maybe you don't notice or care that you haven't changed out of your pajamas for days um i don't wear my pajamas all day (laughs) what's that line on forgetting sarah marshall she's like there was a time (laughs) there was a week you wore sweatpants every day for an entire week (laughs) oh you shall not pass if they were sean john sweatpants it would be fine but because they were costco brand it was the worst thing ever (laughs) (laughs) um but for me like i've noticed like i i don't have any hobbies anymore like i have all this fishing shit that i used to love to do and now like I, I haven't been fishing in over a year. And part of it is because we're super busy. We have a baby now. But a big part of it too is I just like I, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning, you know, before work to go or I don't want to go on a Saturday or Sunday. Like I just it's very hard for me to want to go to things. I don't go to the gym um nearly as often as I used to. You know, that used to be like my thing and now the the thought of going to the gym is just it's un it's unthinkable i guess so there are a lot of things that i used to do and i used to find joy in that i don't i don't go after anymore i don't i don't do because they're hard or because it takes time or money or whatever else and i'm i'm unwilling to make that attempt anymore whereas before i used to just find a way to make things happen yeah and i think one of the things I mean, all of the, those points are hard as like being the spouse to deal with, like the spouse, the other person in the relationship of someone who has depression. God, I make things way harder than they need to be sometimes. <laughs> um, Words are hard. Yeah. Anyways, all of those are hard to deal with. But like another thing for me, I'm like, I'm like the type of person who's like a sponge where if you're happy, for the most part, I'm going to be happy. If you're sad or angry or depressed, it's going to reflect on me and I'm going to feel the same way, like mimicking how you feel, I guess. That makes sense. So my depression or the way I act, you're kind of like a mirror of that. Like you... yeah. You kind of pick that up and that becomes your mood. Yeah. And so it's hard for me. And I mean, it's, I feel like it's like that with a lot of couples anyways, not even just about depression, but it's like 
you kind of just like motivate each other, but at the same time, dis whatever the opposite <laughs> dismotivate. Yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> unmotivate. Unmotivate. <laughs> like if you're going to the gym, let's say, and then one person's like, "I don't really feel like going today." If you're not like committed or you know, made a habit out of that, you're going to be like, uh, you know what? Maybe I won't go today either. And then it kind of like goes down this spiral and same with like, I feel like anything like, well, like eating too. Like if you're trying to eat real, real healthy, like if you're doing a good job of that yeah. and I'm like, you know what? I just want a pizza tonight. Then the more that I'm like that or you're like that to me, it's makes it a lot more difficult for the partner, for the other person to be like, well, you can get what you want, I guess, but I'm going to eat the salad. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, fine. Like, let's just have a pizza tonight then. Yeah. Well, and I'm not, like, blaming you because it's just, it's not your fault. It's, like, my own willpower. But, like, there's a lot of times when, because I, I, like, want to eat healthy and I'm trying to, like, eat healthy and get fit and everything too, even though I'm doing a really shitty job at it. But there's times when I'm, like, I should cook something healthy for dinner because I know, like, you're sick of, like, like gaining weight or whatever. But then I'm like, I really just don't want to. Like, I really just want to eat a pizza or I really want to, like, want to go to Chick-fil-A. But I, like, feel like this obligation, like, I'm the one who cooks dinner. I feel like this obligation that I need to cook something healthy, like... For your sake, even because though I'm I don't, fat. I never said that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, even no. though, like, I don't necessarily want to, but then I feel like this, like, moral obligation to do it for you, like, in a way, since I'm like the main person who cooks, I feel like I have to set that example, right? If that makes sense. No, it totally does, and I and I think that it, that's another burden, you know, to being being in a relationship, especially you know, with a partner that is is depressed or, you know, unhappy or insecure, you know, has self-esteem issues is because then, like you said, like, it's like, I want to eat this food, but I know that in this case, me like has self-esteem issues and oh, I do too. I, it's I'm, not I'm uncomfortable you. with my body and I, I don't like the way I look and I bitch about how fat I am that you're going to be more likely to, to be like, okay, fine. Like I'll make something healthy so that he stops bitching about how fat he is. Well, it's not necessarily like I want to get you to stop bitching about it. Like I'm a helper by nature. Like I want to help you. Yeah. And so if that is my way to contribute to helping you, like I can't force you to do anything. But if I can, like you'll eat what I cook. You're not like that dick who's like, oh, you're on a diet. Well, I'm gonna go to In and Out. Like right. fuck you. Like you've never once been like, ew, I don't want to eat that. That's healthy. Like yeah. If I cook something healthy, like you'll eat it and. You'll like it. Yeah. Well, and you do. It's like, it's always like, oh, wow, that was good. And like, we are not sponsored by HelloFresh, but we should be. Oh, no. God damn it. HelloFresh. But we were talking about like, because we were bitching like, oh, it's expensive. But with how much we eat out because we're lazy and don't plan our meals because it's just I'm just making excuses for myself. Like it's hard and it takes a lot of time on the weekend when we have a baby and everything. And so 
like yeah in in our situation i feel like it would be money well spent for us to just pay the 60 bucks a week and get our meals because then we're guaranteed something because i'm fine cooking like i don't mind eating like what i meal prep but the, it's the meal prepping that's the hardest part and so it's like oh that's one way for us both to eat healthy and have it be a non-issue is if they're delivered they're healthy they're easy to make like they're fun like i know you enjoy oh i loved it yeah it was a great time and so So, yeah hello fresh if you're listening hello throw us a freaking bone yeah well i think that part of the other burden i guess is is it's exhausting because i feel like there's kind of that like sense of obligation you know that to to pick up your partner and to kind of be happy for both of you like instead of be like, no, I had a shitty day, and I kind of want to just acknowledge that I had a shitty day and bask in my my day. There's that sense of, like, I can't because he's already in a bad mood or she's already in a bad mood, and she's already depressed or he's already depressed. And so if I come home and, and unload on them, it's just going to make it worse. And so I have to put on this front that I'm happy and that everything is okay, and I can't, you know, get my day off my chest because I am and baby you made it to 11 almost 11 o'clock at night with the bra on still oh I don't know congratulations that's I wouldn't have even put a bra on today today's my day off I would not have even put a bra on but like a good mom I took the baby for a walk this morning and you left the house yeah I didn't want my titties to just be all (laughs) flopping around (laughs) okay that's that's a visual (laughs) I don't know why it's going on a walk (laughs) means that that's your titties were flopping around. (laughs) Sorry, Steve, if you're listening to this. Censorship has just gone out the window at this point. It's 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock at night and we're two drinks in. It's 11. I mean, 11. Whoa. It's an hour into the podcast. Yeah. So I think, I think what we've, you know, we're not out to fix this, obviously. Like we're not doctors. And I, I think that the, the overarching kind of message here is that, it's it's not something that you should be ashamed of. Like you should have that conversation with your your partner, and you should be able to to tell them like, look, I'm not feeling good. Like I'm not okay. Like there's something wrong. Um, you know, especially like if you're in kind of like in my case where it's something that kind of comes and goes pretty pretty regularly. Like I kind of joke about my menstruations because for you know about a week or so out of every month, I'm just in a shitty mood and I'm just I hate everything and I'm. I'm super grouchy about things and, and, and I don't know why, like there's nothing that I can trace that back to, but it happens. But I think that the more that you try and like bury that or or conceal it from your partner, you're, you're not only hurting yourself by not kind of being able to talk about it and address that issue, but you're hurting them because you're putting a burden on them emotionally that they might not be equipped to, to carry, you know, you don't know if they might have something else going on. And all of a sudden you unload this on them or you, you know, you kind of bring this dark cloud into your home without that conversation. You don't know what that's doing to them emotionally. And I, and I don't think that's fair to, to yourself. I don't think it's fair to them. Um, and, but I, I don't think it's something that a lot of couples want to address, like, especially with men, like we talked about an hour ago, which feels like it was six hours ago. <laughs> um, a lot of men aren't, aren't going to be willing to to address that or to acknowledge, yeah, there's something wrong with me. Like mentally there's something wrong with me. 
and emotionally there's something wrong with me and I need, I, I might need help and some type of solution beyond just kind of this, it'll pass. It's all in my head. You know, there's nothing really wrong with me. I'm just tired and I, I'm, I'm actually fine and it'll just go away. Yeah. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite quotes, I guess, phrases, sayings is it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because people, there's like this like faux pas, like, oh my God, we can't talk about depression. We can't talk about suicide. We can't talk about any of these huge issues. Like look at the numbers and see what percentage of our country is depressed. Like look at. And we probably should have done that. Yeah, <laughs> we, but, we probably should have those numbers, but we're not that kind of podcast. No. We don't have the we don't have we're straight opinion. Yeah, <laughs> pulling these bullshit statistics and facts. People don't care about facts; they care about feelings. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we need to talk about we need to talk about it, and like that's kind of where I'm at. Not like proud of it by any means, but I'm like I'm. I used to be very ashamed of like having depression, like. I used to be ashamed of like the things I went through, but then like you've talked to a couple people and you're like, "Whoa, I'm not the only person." Yeah, it's pretty common. It's kind of like empowering, like, yeah. "Wow, there are other people out there," and it like makes you want to tell other people because you might be that one person to someone else. It's like, "Wow, I'm not the only person." Like, it's it's so common, and we just need to learn to treat it we need to learn to treat mental illness the same as any other illness because it is it's not something that we choose like i don't choose to wake up every day and feel this crippling fear about what people think of me or i don't choose to not want to get out of bed all day like people don't choose these things like they're in our brains and it's how we're wired and it's the exact same as if we had cancer or diabetes or something that it's a physical illness or disorder. Like you don't choose them, but they're treated like it's a choice. Like, like people need to start treating like when people say like, Oh, so-and-so died of suicide. They blame the person for it, but they, they, it's not the person's fault. Let's, they died. There's, this video, and if you haven't seen it, you need to go to YouTube right now and watch it. It's the, I don't remember the name of it. I'll find it and link it in our Facebook group. It's this guy, he's a uh, San Francisco bridge jump oh, survivor. He's the only one that survived. Yeah, there's a very like hand, small handful of people that yeah. he talks about it. And he's like a motivational speaker now. And he was saying... We need to, like, stop blaming the person for suicide. We need to treat it the same way we treat people dying of cancer. Like, it is the same thing. It takes over your body. And if people looked at mental illness the way they looked at that, then the world would be a lot different. There's just such a stigma that goes along with mental illness and blaming the person for these things. And That's a really interesting comparison. I've never thought about that before, like suicide like yeah you killed yourself 
like you made that choice but to think about it like that like cancer took over your body and like cancer killed you yeah and, and i know there's a difference it's not apples to apples like i don't know that you, you can't say that they're exactly the same thing but to think about it like to try to change your mindset is to like like no like your body you know your mind was controlled by this sickness yeah um well nice that's a very interesting way to, to see it with him in particular he had hallucinations and like voices i don't remember what it was called but so he'd like after the fact you know he was like i'd have in my head these people or not people but like this voice saying nobody loves you nobody cares about you he's like but like i know they're not true but i like looking back i knew they weren't true like everyone loved me everyone was like reaching out and there for me but he's like i couldn't see it because of this sickness and it's not something that goes away he's like i still deal with it every single day i just know how to deal with it now yeah rationally you can justify it all you want but that doesn't make it less real you know yeah your brain is like you were talking so about with your anxiety. like you can rationally like you know logically look at this issue and say i know that this isn't real this yeah. isn't accurate but that doesn't make how doesn't make it affects it any you less or it's feelings real. less yeah. painful or less real yeah and it's just i mean it's like that with any mental illness like people just don't give them any credit and so it's like you're depressed cheer the fuck up yeah get over it like you're anxious like quit it like that it's not that simple and we need to stop treating it like it's that simple like it's not just something oh okay oh you're shy oh all right i'm gonna guess i'll start being more talkative now yeah guess i'll just oh i should just get over it. okay well i'll just stop being depressed right now yeah i'm glad someone finally told me yeah oh thanks what to do. oh god Wake all up, this time stretch your arms put on some clothes wow yeah. what a beautiful day i love life like so yeah i mean it's the more we talk about it the less weird and yeah closed off it is and so here we are changing the world one podcast at a time. Yeah. No, I I think we've done a good job. I think we've you know, made some had some major breakthroughs here. The, I'm the sweating. I know, like I'm watching pig. you over here. Oh my and it's just God. It's not even that hot in this house and you look like you're like sitting in like a fucking bus stop in <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida on a hot July <laughs> day. I get sweaty when I get nervous. Why are you nervous? I don't know. Because I'm being vulnerable. Yeah. I get like... I get vulnerable when I sweat. <laughs> I sweat when I get vulnerable. <laughs> I sweat when blank. Literally put any word in there and it describes me. Sleep. I sweat when I sweat. <laughs> yeah. Even your sweat has sweat. My sweat does have sweat. I have everything. Sweat everything. <laughs> you back... look so uncomfortable. I got... <laughs> so guys, we've got to stop this. Ash is... Literally, like, she's moving around in her chair like she's getting eaten by ants, <laughs> so, and I can't sit there I don't and watch know why her anymore. That rant just made me, like, super I know. Vulnerable. It was weird. Like, the more you talked, the more, like, the ants and mosquitoes were biting you, and ants in my pants. you just can't stop moving. Like, you really look like you're, you're being eaten alive by ants right now, yeah. and it's making me uncomfortable. One day we should do a live video, but then I'll probably just move around the whole time because oh I'll my be God. so paranoid and nervous. And we just cleaned our carpets, and I don't want that puddle of sweat ruining our carpet 
clean carpets. These ones aren't clean. I can ruin these, sweat all these ones up. What? Okay. <laughs> okay, everybody. If you made it this far, which <sighs> I can't imagine that you did. I don't know. I wouldn't make it this far. If I were listening to this shit, I would be have hung up a long time ago. But anyway, if you did, we love you. Um, don't forget you can connect with us on Facebook. We have a, a group. This is Marriage Support Group. We have an email. This, this is, is marriage, marriage Podcast. At gmail.com. Good job. Um, Thanks. We don't know what we're going to be talking about next week. Um, we've got a lot of ideas for step parenting. Um, so if you have some ideas, stories, things like that that you are interested in, please hit us up on either of those channels and let us know so we can be sure to contact you and include those things in the next episodes. And yeah, this is Marriage. I'm Porter. Marriage. I'm Ashley. Okay. I'm sweaty. You're <laughs> sweaty McBallsack. I don't have a ballsack. <laughs> sweat it off. Thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Have a good night. Bye.